Williston, North Dakota on the High Line. It's, it's colder there than it is here every day of the year. But we had great Thanksgivings up there. I mean, we had, I, I have great memories. That house was wonderful. It was amazing. They even bought the neighbor's house next to them. So we had that house to play in. And, you know, I mean, I, I sensed the presence of the Lord in that home. We'd go there, pray, we'd sing. His grandma would tell us about the Lord. And I, and I also couldn't help but feel God's blessing in the home. You could just feel it in the home. And they represent to me an example of godliness that's profitable. In, in every way, he said, in this life and the life to come. Grandma would tell me. She said, you know, this is the best way to live life as a believer. She would remind me of that. Like, when you live clean, when you live godly, there's something about it that's enduring and, and cleansing to the conscience and the soul. And, and I just remember hearing her talk about that, how, how wonderful life is with Jesus. In this life, God said he will bless you. And to sweeten the deal, he said in the life to come. You know heaven's going to be a lot better than Billings, right? I mean, first of all, there's no elections in heaven where you don't have to worry about who's going to win about a week after the election. <laughs> it's a theocracy. And everything is run smoothly. <laughs> and and it, there's no drama. There'll be no more tears. There'll be a place of joy. I mean, heaven is going to be a place of unimaginable happiness and expectation. And, and that's the life that we have to look forward to. And Scripture says you ought to store up treasures for yourself, not on earth, but in heaven. I'm looking forward to that one day. But while we're on the earth, what I get to highlight for you this morning is what I call uh, some principles of piety. You know, I'm, when I talk about piety, we're not talking about a slice of pumpkin pie. I don't know how much uh, of the piety, of, <laughs> how much that would be, but I'm talking to you about righteousness. That's what piety means. It means godliness. It's a way of living. And I want to just highlight for you what godliness will do in your life, what, what, what it will bring. Now, I'm jumping down to verse 15. Paul had said this. He said, meditate on these things. And this would be the promises that he'd spoken uh, over Timothy. He said, give yourself entirely to them that your progress, somebody say progress, that your progress, he said, might be evident to all. Now, the first thing I would highlight about this principles of, of godliness is that godliness will ensure promotion coming into your life. I'm highlighting the blessing of the Lord in your life, in the time in which we live. And if you want to experience God's blessing, let me tell you how he starts doing that, is by putting you in a place where you can be promoted. He said, your progress will be evident to people. <clears throat> progress is an interesting word here. It's not just growth and development. It has to do with blazing a trail, moving forward, cutting a trail, doing something new and fresh in your life. That's what happened to Daniel when he was a captive in Babylon. Remember, he got promoted uh, to be an advisor to the king. The favor of the Lord was with him. He, he was promoted. God wants to promote you. Did you know that? I mean, he really does. And, you know, the thing about people is that sometimes they find ways to promote themselves. It's called social media. Or they like to fudge their resumes a little bit. You ever read a resume like that? <laughs> uh, they'll talk about themselves, but you know, really, God is the one who does the promoting. That's Psalm 76, verse 5. He said promotion doesn't come from the east or the west or the south, but that God is the judge, and he will raise people up. He knows how to bring them down. He knows how to raise them up. And when God promotes something, brother, I can tell you, he, he knows how to promote you. How are you going to get promoted? What, what things do you need to do in your life to ensure that your progress, that your promotion is taking place? And I think the preeminent attribute of someone who really is moving forward in their life would have to be someone who's faithful. That, that is something that God values greatly. It's faithfulness. 
the ability to be consistent, the ability to be committed, even in the small areas of life. Because if you can get it when it's little, you'll, you'll be able to manage it when it's large. Did you see this week they had, I think, the largest lottery winner ever, $2.1 billion winner. Some guy in California won it. If you study lottery winners, what you're going to find out is most of them end up going broke because they don't really know how to handle money. And unless you figure out how to handle things when they're little, it's very hard for you to handle it when they get big because you just don't know what it requires and what to do with it. And that's what that principle is about. If you want promotion, do good in the small areas and watch it grow. This is, this is what God says about it. Little things will grow into big things. I, I think something that really sets people up for promotion is their attitude. Man, the attitude that you have is so crucial, so important in the eyes of God. What I have discovered is that it's very difficult for negative people to get promoted. First of all, ain't nobody want to work with them at a job. Positivity is the pathway for your promotion. And I have you know, watched when people get passed over for promotion and they get negative and bitter about it because they were negative and bitter beforehand. I mean, that attitude that you have is really going to be one of those things that people see, that God notices, that sets you up. He, he said, give yourself entirely to it. Take that attitude that you have and, and move it in a direction and watch as God opens up doors. You know how else people get promoted? is when they have something that's called aptitude. Aptitude would be the ability to learn. You know, you got to learn from your mistakes. I had someone send me a little picture one time that said, you should learn from the mistakes that you make because you won't have enough time to make all the mistakes. <laughs> Sometimes I look at failure and I'm appreciative for it. You can learn. You can grow quickly. And I like what 2 Peter 3 says. He said, grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord. Man, that's one of the greatest things about walking with Jesus is that you get to discover a new aspect of who he is all the time. If you're growing with him, if you're walking with him, it's like there's something new and fresh about him every day. And that is a wonderful thing. That's growth and growing in the things of God. And when you're growing, when you're walking with him, when you can learn in life, that is going to open up doors of promotion for somebody. Does anyone want to be blessed? I'm telling you, God will open up doors of favor and promote you when he needs to do that. He said your progress will be evident to all. People are going to see it. You know, I, I do remember uh, the election night back in 2016 when President Donald J. Trump was elected. And I got to tell you, that had to be God. <laughs> I mean, there was no other way to describe how God, he had an agenda. He wanted to put his man in office. Scripture says he appoints people like that. And it was like very clear that God was in it because I don't think anyone else would be able to endure everything he went through to go right there. Now, I don't know who's going to win the next election coming up in 2024, but I'm just telling you that when God has an agenda and when he wants to promote something, he has the ability to do it and make it clear and make it plain in front of people. It, 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 people will observe the progress that you're making. They'll see it. They'll watch it. They'll notice it. It will be evident in the lives of other people if you'll grow in the things of God. So godliness will bring promotion into your life. Now, let me highlight... A second thought. Ordinarily, I like to stay in the passage and work my way through Scripture, but I'm going to jump around the Bible for a bit this morning. Uh, I want to go over to Acts chapter 27, 27th chapter of Acts. I'm bringing us back here. And I want to highlight another thought about what brings uh, the, the blessing of God into your life. Here in Acts 27, Paul is on his fourth missionary journey. Acts 27, verse number 9. He's sent out on a boat. 
and he's making his way to Rome as a prisoner. It says, when much time had been spent and the sailing was now dangerous because the fast was already over. So that tells you what time of the year it was. It was around the Day of Atonement in the fall or late fall of the year. Uh, that's when storms hit and winter was coming. Paul advised them. In verse 10, he said, men, I perceive. Someone say perceive. I perceive this voyage will end with disaster and much loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also our lives. You know, notice what he said, I perceive it. He didn't say God spoke to me. He didn't say God told me. He, he just perceived it. And there's something about, you know, him doing that. He's issuing a bit of a warning. And sure enough, when they went out, they ran headlong into what the Bible calls a Eurachlodon, which is a Mediterranean hurricane. They're out there in the middle of a storm being beaten, battered. I mean, the storms, the waves are going on all around them. And, and Paul's praying, and he had a visitation from an angel who said, I'm going to protect and save you. Now look at verse 22. When Paul had that encounter, uh, he told the men on the boat, I urge you to take heart. He said, there'll be no loss of life among you, but only of the ship. Because he said, there stood by me this night an angel of the God to whom I belong." and to whom I serve. This really illustrates to me uh, a second principle here, a pipe. And it's that godliness will ensure protection in life. He, he will ensure your protection. You notice he said, to whom I belong and to whom I serve. See, godliness is a key component in keeping you free from you know, things like physical harm or suffering. And God has this amazing and miraculous way of keeping you safe in situations. If you realize that you belong to him, if you're serving him, if, if you're walking with him. That's why the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, he said uh, that you belong to God. You've been bought with a price. That's why you ought to glorify God with your body. It's not your own. And, and if we belong to God, if we're his servants, he will do his part to bring protection into your life. You know, you're always going to go through certain storms in life. The storms happened. That's what Jesus said. Matthew chapter 5, it's going to rain on the just. It's going to rain on the unjust. I mean, this is just a part of life. You, you, as you're journeying through things, you, you're going to experience that. Difficult days, frustrations, up and downs. That's what happened to Noah. I mean, he went through a storm and that ark, but God protected him for the saving of his household. Let me just tell you about God's ability to protect you. He will protect you from things like accidents. Yeah, you know, I have to laugh because I had a sister, my sister Jessica, who was accident prone. Now, I could never explain this. I'd be in the yard when I was like 10, 12, throwing the baseball up. Bam, I hit the baseball. Jessica might be like across the yard and it might hit her in the back of the head. I don't know how that happened. I was a good shot like two or three times. One time I swung the bat, you know, I followed through like that. I didn't know she was behind me. Hit her right in the chest. She went flying back, and then she landed against the wall of the shed. <laughs> and I remember my mother had had enough of it, and so she prayed over that spirit of accidents. And <laughs> Jessica had had too many accidents after that, man. Yeah, it was some accidents. God will protect you from that. All right. I I, I remember one time I was in my garage working with the chop saw. Man, I'm I'm cutting things. Sometimes I move too fast, and I'm cutting things and. And I don't know how it happened, but I put my finger beneath the chop saw, and it would have been cut off except that it got stopped by my wedding ring. I took a picture of it. I thought that was the most amazing thing. 
See, to me, it illustrated that my marriage is a protection to me. Yeah, uh, That's godliness. I'm a married man. I'm not shacking up with some woman. <laughs> I'm grateful for my wife and following God's plan, and I see the protective hand of God in that. I remember the day I came home, and I was living with my mom. I was probably 20-something. I came home, and I saw her old Honda Civic with the bumper sticking out the back window. I said, what happened to you? She got hit by a semi. On the way out from Laurel, the car spun around, went into the ditch. Someone stuck the bumper in there for that, That's a protection from accidents. I'm, I'm just telling you, God has protected my mother from so many things. And, and he has the ability to protect you. He'll protect you in things. Yeah, Godliness will help protect you from things like afflictions. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, Psalm 34. But the Lord would deliver them from us from them all. You know what Psalm 91 says? It says that he will be with you in the struggle. He'll be with you in the storm. He'll be with you in difficult days. He, he goes right there with you in the middle of some trials that you might endure. That's a part of life. But he said, I'll deliver you from them. Yeah. So he can take you out from, he can protect you from accidents, from afflictions. He, he will protect you from, you know, th things like adversaries, the things that people or uh, demonic spirits even that might oppose you. I was thinking about Ezra in the Bible. Now, Ezra had an assignment from the king. He said, I want you to go back and rebuild the walls with Nehemiah and reestablish Jerusalem. And he said, I'm going to send you with an armed escort. And Ezra said, I, I just prayed and I fasted and I wanted to take nobody with me because I wanted God's hand of protection in my life. And God brought him through that. And, and I've just watched this, man. God has the ability to protect you from the wrong people. That, that's, that's, I know that because I married Elizabeth. There's other girls I could have married. <laughs> I'm thankful for God's ability to protect decision-making, protect people around me. Uh, see to it that adversaries and people that might stand in your way get moved out. Man, He, he can protect you from that. Let me tell you what God will protect you from. He will protect you from aborting your mission too early in life. I think about what Paul's doing right here. Acts chapter 20, he told him, I have to finish my race. I'm, I'm going on a journey. I've been called to go to Rome, and I'm going to finish that course with joy. I'm going to run my race. Man, there's something about finishing out the race that God has for you that is so significant. He went all the way to Rome. You know, I was telling you last week about you know my desire to go to Pakistan with my friend Chris Michelson. And I, I'm looking at doing that perhaps in the month of uh, month of March. I have a little initiative I call it the PAC 100. I want to be able to go on that. We're saving up you know, funds to go with them. And, and <coughs> excuse me, it could be quite dangerous to go to Pakistan. But I feel like if the Lord opens the door for me to go, I, I'm going to finish my race and run it with joy. Nothing can stand in the way. And I feel like God will take care of me and protect me, and, and he does it for Chris. I just have this burning desire to go. But I don't feel any danger about it. If the Lord isn't in it, he'll close doors. But I have a sense that God can protect me, bring me through that, because we want to preach the gospel around the world, amen? I want to see that. I'm not worried about that. I know he can protect me from adversity and adversaries and afflictions and accidents, and he will be with you in storms and trials. That's what he does. He's, his protective hand will be there. Now, let, let me give you a third slice of the pie here. Uh, and this is found back in the book of Proverbs, chapter 10. I love going back and studying the book of Proverbs. 
Proverbs, the 10th chapter. Here is another uh, word that I want to highlight for you. All right, Proverbs. If I can find it in my Bible, I got so many notes. Proverbs chapter 10. You know that's right about the middle of the book, right? There we are. Verse 27, Proverbs 10, 27. Watch this. The fear of the Lord prolongs days, but the years of the wicked will be shortened. Let me give you a third word right here. Godliness ensures perpetuity. Someone say perpetuity. It's a nice little $5 word. You know what that word means? It means long life, longevity. It means that God will ensure your continuation of things. Uh, the fear of the Lord prolongs your days. That's, we just read that. Proverbs 3 says length of days, long life, and peace will add to you. He said the years of the wicked will be shortened. You know, Psalm 55 says that bloody and deceitful men will not live out half their days. Because, you know, when you live that way, it's going to catch up. You reap what you sow. I like what Job chapter 17 said. He said, the righteous will hold to his way. And he said, he will be, his hands will be clean and he will be stronger and stronger. You know, when we read 1 Timothy 4 and he said, exercise yourself towards godliness, you can increase and grow in your relationship with God. You're, it's like exercising yourself. You're exercising your spirit and you're getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's what the book of Job said that when a person grows spiritually, when they exercise righteousness, it's like they get stronger in their spiritual walk with God. You know, they said today in today's world that a, that a desk job is like the new smoking. Because what happens is your muscles start to atrophy. And they said that people age quicker when their muscles are not exercised, that exercising keeps you younger longer. And it's the same thing in your spiritual life. You exercise yourself towards godliness towards things like the fear of the Lord. And you'll have a long, healthy life. Here you talked about you know, perpetuity, length of days. Uh, perpetuity keeps you going. You know, the longer that you live, the more wealth or finances and prosperity you might actually incur over time. It, that, that's called the principle of compound interest. That your money can multiply over time. Now, I was at the gym running early in the morning next to a school teacher. Who did outrun me, by the way? I, you know, she, I was kind of embarrassed, but she's pretty fast. <laughs> and uh, I was talking to her about you know, teaching in the school system, and she's a math teacher. And I said, the only problem I have with uh, you know, math teachers is they teach things like algebra, which I've never used, but they never teach children about things like compound interest. I'd read, and she said, that's a great point, because she was a, one of the consumer math teachers. She said, I like to teach budgeting and simple math like that. And compound interest is an amazing thing. I mean, you could take some money, invest it early in your life, never touch it again. If you invested like $5,000 when you're 16 and never touched it again by the time you were like 70, it'd be worth a couple million dollars, just because of the principle of compound interest. And that's how equity works. That's how investments work. It's the same thing with sowing and reaping. When you sow, you're going to reap back good measure, press down, shaking together, and running over. You always sow more than you have sown. the first. You get back more than you've sown. It's like a seed that keeps multiplying. So it happens as you go down life. I mean, it happens that way. It also happens in a relational component. When you talk about perpetuity and long life, let me tell you how your relationships can also multiply back. I think about what the scripture says, that a godly man stores up an inheritance for his children's 
children. And, and to me, what that speaks of is not just you know, being able to be blessed for grandchildren. It speaks to me about how your relationships can intensify and grow the longer you go in life. Man, that's something I have enjoyed so much. I, again, I get to talk about grandma and grandpa. I've had you know, 42 years of having my grandma involved in my life, and I'm sure grateful for the two of them. I'm grateful for what I learned for. And I think one of the reasons my grandma lived to be 98 and grandpa lived to be 95 is because they took care of their grandparents and their parents. I mean, they were there to help honor them, take care of them. And, and you know, my mom often reminds me of that. She'll say, I want you to help take care of me when I get old, you know. And I said, you know, mom, in those days, there might be robots to help take care of you, so I might get off the hook. <laughs> if you want a long life and you want a blessed life and you want to be relationships that are thriving, honor people, take care of the elderly, develop those relationships. And if I have one goal in life right now, I want to ensure that I have great relationships with my kids down the road. I'm already thinking about that. How can I be intentional about that? I want my relay so many ways. And when I talk to people who are older, they tell me the same thing, man. Like these are great years to have children, but it gets better down the road. He said, length of days and long life come when you fear the Lord. You know, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You know, I've discovered the longer you live, the more perpetuity you have, the wiser you get. Did you know that? And I have a mentor who is a great pastor, Pastor Larry. He told us one time when I was about 35, he said this. He said, you don't know anything until you're about 50. That might be true. I'm 42. I feel like I'm smarter than I was at 22, at 32. I'm almost excited to turn 50. It used to sound so old. Now it sounds really smart. <laughs> But you learn as you grow. I mean, I love to talk to people who are further down the road than me and get wisdom from them. There's something about their perspectives that adds value to my life. And, and that comes through trial and error, experience, living and running the race long term. There's something about that that honors God. And when you live godly, he will bring long life, length of days, wisdom into your life, perpetuity. Now, let, let me give you one last thought here, and that is found uh, all the way in the back of the Bible, 3 John, verse 2. Probably you know the verse. This is just, just a book or two before the book of Revelation. Uh, and I, I, this is a great verse, 3 John 2. He said, Beloved, and here was John's prayer. I pray that you prosper. Someone say prosper. In all things, just like what Paul said in 1 Timothy 4 and verse 8, prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. Now, let me give you a fourth thing. Godliness ensures prosperity. Now, when you hear that word prosperity, it's a term that scares people. They start thinking about prosperity preachers, and they get concerned about it. But I'm just telling you that when the scriptures teach prosperity, it has to do with things that are more than money. He's talking here about the prospering of your entire spirit, soul, and body. If you're going to have length of days and long life, you'd be healthy. The scripture teaches us that when you live godly, he will prosper you in all areas, not just your finances. That's a part of it. He'll see you through things like recessions and difficult times, and he will put you in a place, if you live for him, where you're able to bless people around you and be a blessing. But he wants to take care of you from the inside out, in your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions, mental health, coping skills, the ability to get through difficult things, and your family. I mean, he said, I want you to prosper in all things. Somebody say all things. So godliness ensures prosperity. Now, I want to highlight for you, I just chose a few scriptures to highlight reasons why people do prosper in life. And 
you know, there's just a few. I, I could give you several more. But one of the reasons that people prosper in all areas has to do with how they seek the Lord. So there's a great scripture. I quoted this the other day, but it's 2 Chronicles 26, verse 5, speaking about King Uzziah. And it says that as long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. As long as he sought the Lord, God made him to prosper. You know, King Uzziah wasn't always seeking the Lord. But it tells us very clearly, when he put God first, when he went after God, God made him prosper. You know how Jesus said it? He said it in Matthew 6, 33. He said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, that's everything you need in life, he said, will be added to you. So when you seek the Lord, when you get alone with him, when you want to hear his secrets, when you have daily devotions, when you pursue him, when you fast, when you consult him before you make a decision, he will prosper you. He'll bless you. He'll give you wisdom. Seek the Lord. Now, I'll tell you how people prosper. In verse 8, I have this verse plastered everywhere. He said, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But he said, you'll meditate on it, speak it out, mutter it, day and night, night and day, that you may observe to do according to all that's written in it. For then you'll make your way prosperous. Someone say prosperous. And you'll have good success. Yeah. That's what Psalms 1 and verse 2 said, the same thing. He, he said, you'll be like a tree planted by the water that will always bring forth fruit when you meditate on the Bible. I, I'll tell you why that happens. Because pressures will come, storms will come, difficult moments will come. And if you've got a heart and a mind that's fixed on God's word, if it stays strong right there, it, 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 when, when the difficult moments come, it'll see you through things. If your first reaction is to think about what God said and how he's been faithful to you in situations, he will always see you through it, man. It's amazing. The longer I live, the more I observe this with the Lord. And I know what his word said, so I know he'll bring me through it. I know he'll protect me. I know he'll watch over me. And I know that if I just think about it, dwell on it, meditate on it, good things happen in my life. That's the seed of God's word. When it gets sowed, it multiplies. You just got to think about it. It's amazing to me when people go through difficult things. You can always tell how much of the word they have in their heart because they might start swearing, cursing, getting mad. And that happens sometimes if you hit your finger or the hammer. But when you're really in a battle and you know how to draw on the scriptures, I'm telling you, God will take care of his people. Another reason people prosper is because they know how to honor God. I love 1 Samuel 2 verse 30. He, He said... Uh, I honor those who honor me. There's something about honoring God, putting him first. Yeah, that's Proverbs chapter 3 as well. He said, honor the Lord with the first of your possessions. There's something about putting God first and honoring him that brings blessing into your life. You know, before I pay any bills, the first thing I do is I give to the Lord. I, I, I tithe, I honor him, I put him first. And I found that in doing that, man, he has brought back blessing into my life. It's a principle. I'm honoring him. I want him to be my first priority. He is what I think about. It's just like being married to your wife when she wants to put up Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving. I honor my wife. So I did that for her, and uh, it will be given back to me. Good brothers I'm shaking together. <laughs> like I said, I did keep one room of the house full of Thanksgiving stuff. But I want her to be honored, and it's the same thing with God. And that will bring God's blessing into your life. So those are just a few thoughts. You know, like, how, how can you prosper? You, you seek the Lord. You, you put him first. 
uh, you, you have a heart and a mind filled with scriptures. Now, let me give you a couple reasons people don't prosper. One of the reasons people don't prosper, and, and this is the low-hanging fruit, by the way, this is the easiest. People don't prosper because they end up being lazy. You know, it's interesting. Second Thessalonians 3 says that if you will not work, you will not eat. And I know that most of the people in the room here are hardworking people. I know you like to go to your jobs and work hard. I was, though, I was watching a TikTok video of a man in New York, and he was crying because he had to work an eight-hour shift at Starbucks. I mean, he said it's, it's unreasonable. It's a Saturday, and he was tearing up. He wanted them to unionize because he said, this is too much. I have to work you know, 24 hours a week, and one of those you know, days is a Saturday. I'm going to school. I just can't handle it. That's the true thing. You can look it up. It's amazing today how people get lazy because they're coddled. Adversity might be one of those things that teaches you how to endure and get through difficult things. And a work ethic will certainly help a person be blessed. You know why else people don't prosper? Not just because they're lazy. Sometimes it's because they have excesses. And they don't know how to live beneath their means. There's a great proverb in that. Proverbs 27, verse 10. It says that if you love wine and you love oil, you go broke. <laughs> in other words, if you indulge yourself on too many things. Man, and I, I watch this with people. I had one guy, he was bragging to me. You should see the truck I have. You know, he said other people were thinking, how did that guy get the truck? I know full well he couldn't afford the payments on the truck. I'm not really interested in a guy driving a truck that he can't afford. You know what I'm saying? Like you're living, and, and so you end up, you know, homeless, destitute, uh, trying to mooch off people because you can't afford a truck you bought. I, I'm not interested in seeing that. that. That's just someone who lacks common sense. So people don't prosper because they live below what they, their faith is at or, or they're lazy. You know why else people don't prosper? It's because they end up being poor stewards. They don't know how to take care of the stuff that they have. Now I was laughing because, you know, I got this eight-year-old boy who, has just discovered video games. So someone gave him a PlayStation 1, and, and so he, he found Fortnite. I guess that's a game where you go around and shoot people. And he wanted to you know, upgrade the game, and so he said, Dad, I need to get... He didn't know what it was. He said, it's a subscription. For only $11 a month, I could play the game. And I said, well, that's great, bud, but you know what we got to do? we got to talk to Mr. Budget. And I said, I don't think Mr. Budget will let it happen. And so he's been trying to figure out who Mr. Budget is. He wants to have a conversation. <laughs> Listen, man, I watch people who just simply do not. It's a funny thing. You ask people, do you have a budget? And they nod, but they don't. They welcome to American culture. And having a budget is one of those things that really helps you stay on track and be a blessing so you can give to poor people at Christmas. Come on, somebody. Just, just stay on budget, man. Yeah. You got to take care of what you had. That, that's what happened... Cinderella. I mean, she lived godly. Things got good for her, right? <laughs> How about for you, man? How can things get well for you? Maybe you're in a battle. Maybe you're in a battle and you need protection to take place in your life. I was, I was thinking about this. You need protection. I don't know what struggles, trials, things you're going through, but maybe it's the protective hand of God. And I've seen God do it, man. I've seen God take wayward husbands and slap them around so that their wives are protected. I've seen him do it. He can protect you. And he loves to take care of his people. I mean, he, he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. That's what he said. He wants you to be protected. Did you know that? He wants to protect you. Or, you know, it could have to do with, um, you know, a promotion. Anyone want to be promoted? You got a job, you're working. And 
you want to go to a higher level? You want to take it to the next level and the next level? I mean, that's part of the way humans are wired. They're, if you have any inclination or drive on the inside of you at all, if you have any sense of, of, of self-worth, you, you're always looking to, to move forward in life. That's, that's the way God wired us. And that means that you're a candidate for promotion. And you know, as I mention that, I just can't help but feel that in this house, in this room, there's people who are positioned for a promotion. Man, I, I could just see it from glory to glory. Like the business that you had, even in the face of a difficult year, maybe next year, or seven, I feel like God could take it to a whole nother level. That's what God does. You're, you're not tied down here to the world. In, in the midst of difficult days, in the midst of drought, you can sow and reap back great things. I've seen God do it. I, I've seen God take things that start small and grow greatly. That, that's his hand and his ability to bless you. Yeah. Or it could be, you know, with uh, finishing the assignment that you have, perpetuity, finishing that race, man. Don't stop. Keep going. Maybe man will allow you. You're, te you're tempted to just say, I, I don't know if I can keep it up. I'm telling you that his hand will allow you to increase and run after him and, and in a great, great way. I, I want to fulfill the assignment he's got for my life. Do you want to fulfill what he's got for you? You want to run your course, finish your days out, bro? Live for God. Stick with him. Walk with him. W watch what he brings you through. Yeah. And, and I think about wanting to prosper, man. You know, Deuteronomy says that everything that you set your hand to do, he will bless. Do you believe that? Everything. I'm, I'm not much of a carpenter, you know, and I had some help, but I was able to put a garage heater in my garage this last week. It was a wonderful thing. I was so happy. I just felt like, man, God blessed the work of my hands, even if it wasn't my only hands doing it. <laughs> he wants to bless you so you can be a blessing to somebody. And I, I don't know, I, I, I just, I sense it. You know, I sense, I sense, I sense increase, increase coming in my life, in your life. That's what I said about being stronger. You know what's so interesting to me just came to me? When Israel took the promised land, they went in, and it says that he, he, he gave them the land little by little, lest they should be overtaken by wild animals. Little by little. It, that's how increase can come. It can come in, in accelerated manners, but it generally comes little by little by little by little. And, and I, I'm sensing that in your life, man. I'm sensing that in what God wants to do. He's going to take care of his people and grow you. How many of you want that in your life? Yeah, let's pray that. Father, I just thank you. Mm. Lord, over this congregation, I, I pray, Lord, that we would grow uh, in all these areas. I pray it over our families uh, so that children would be blessed. I pray it in businesses. Lord, that you give us ideas, wisdom. You'd help us make good decisions. And I thank you for your people coming into a season where they're they can see the hand of God blessing them. Mm, I sense that. It's going to be evident to people that God is with you. Father, I thank you for your hand of blessing. I pray people would continue and walk with you. And I pray, Lord, for doors to open, promotion to come to them. I just thank you, Lord, for your hand of favor. In the name of Jesus, I pray it. Mm. Mm. Man, I, I'm telling you, I just sense it. I sense God's goodness in, in the land of the living. I sense godliness with contentment. There's people in this room, you are content. But God is like going to bring you into a place of even more so you can be an even bigger blessing. And if you just stay content with him, and he'll do it. Cinderella is an interesting story, isn't it? You know, Cinderella's shoe is sort of like a tangible picture of hope because in many of these, like, you know, fairy tales, uh, there's a rule that gets broke. Don't open the door 
Don't stay out past midnight. And each time, even though the rules get broken, there's still hope. Even though that hope isn't merited. That's what Cinderella's shoe is. It's a picture of hope. Here at the beginning of the Bible, which is not a fairy tale, Adam was told, don't eat of the fruit of that tree or you will surely die. And as a consequence, mankind came under the curse of the law. And yet, God gave Adam and Eve and he gave you and me hope. There's hope for your future. And instead of two very mean stepsisters, you and I get mercy and grace, which is found in the blood of Jesus. And maybe you've never experienced God's mercy and grace this morning. Maybe you know you broke the rules and feel like there's no hope for you. And if that's you, you've walked away from God, you've drifted from him, you don't know him, I just want to give you an opportunity to put your hand up. Every head bowed, every eye closed, we can pray. Lord, I I just know that God's mercy and grace is set for you. Put a hand up and I'll pray with you for his mercy. His mercy is new every morning. His grace is free. I see that hand. I see that hand. Yeah. Let's put on that uh, glass slipper this morning. The blood of Jesus. Say, Father, come into my heart. I thank you for cleansing me of sin. Washing me white as snow. And I want to serve you and live for you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. (laughs) Amen. If you prayed that prayer and you're sincere, you're right with the Lord. And it's unmerited. It's a free gift. It's a wonderful thing. I'd like you to stand up and pray. I want to to just kind of dismiss. Now, it's a funny thing. I just sit up here and I felt, I felt again like praying for people with businesses. I did this last year. I feel it again. So if you got to go, we love you very much, man. Go get your kids. We'll see you next week. But if you have a business, I want to pray with you. I feel like the Lord's going to bless people who maybe are worried, even even what's coming this next year, I feel like God could, could bless it. So Taz, I want to pray with you, brother. And, and I want Kevin, I'll pray with you. If you got a businessman, I just want to spend some time praying with you. So I love you. I will catch you all next week. God bless you. Smile.